Jim Westergren, the founder of Pandora, and you have the distinct pleasure of listening to Jay Berkowitz and the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. It's been a couple weeks, and you guys are tweeting me looking for our next podcast, and so here it is. We have a couple great calls, some super stuff from the 10 Golden Rules team, an amazing story of how to walk on fire, and the inimitable Susan Bratton. So let's get to it. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you, welcome to episode number 43. I'm getting ready to leave for New York City and a speaking opportunity at Affiliate Summit next week. I'm looking forward to meeting our podcast intern, Lucas Kufidantis. We're going to get some audio with Lucas. We'll find out what is up with his website. We're going to meet my affiliate summit mentee, Udi Schlesinger. We're going to meet a whole bunch of the gang from Australia, folks we met at the affiliate conference we spoke at in Sydney, Australia. And of course, Sean and Missy and the amazing team that builds the Affiliate Summit community every year. I'll have my audio recorder close at hand, and I'll bring back the best highlights from one of my favorite shows of the year. Upcoming travel for me include the Reagan Corporate Social Media Summit in Chicago on September 10th, and I'll be in Las Vegas a couple times for PubCom and Blog World, the new media expo. So hopefully I can meet you live at one of these upcoming events. I have one small request for your help. Starting August 11th, voting begins for South by Southwest, the new media show in Austin, Texas, and I've been nominated for a solo speaking slot and a panel with Best Buy's Keith Burtis. The conference speakers are voted on by all of us, so I'd love your help. Could you drop a little vote in for me? I'll post a link on our blog and on Twitter, and I'd really appreciate your support. Hey, if we're not connected already on Twitter, Twitter is my social media of choice, and you can find me at twitter.com slash jberkowitz. In the next couple 10 Golden Rules podcasts, we have some great conversations coming up. I have at JetBlue's John Dowdy and New York Times bestselling author Keith Ferrazzi already recorded in the can, as they say in the biz. Not that I'm in the biz. And I'll be sitting down with landing page expert Tim Ash, a real conversion superstar, next week in New York at the Affiliate Summit. What have you been up to? Why don't you join the conversation? Share the best internet marketing strategies that are working for you. Why don't you call into the show and share your tips on our K7 message recording service? You can call anytime 24-7 and I'll get emailed a recording of your voice message. Please call and join in. The number is 206-888-6606. First up with our call in is Everett Reese from the Staffing Cooperative. Okay, this is Everett Reese with the Staffing Cooperative, www.staffingcooperative.com. I left a comment on your blog about episode 37, the video podcast. We're trying to become basically one of the lead conversationalists in the social media sphere in our industry, so the staffing industry. And I was saying how my weekly routine right now is I'll, I'll get a blog post out there, I'll submit the blog to the news tabs of all my LinkedIn groups, I'll Twitter the blog post, and I'll submit the blog to eZine articles, which I got off your video pot. Um, your video podcast. And my daily routine is one quality Twitter post a day, comment or start a LinkedIn discussion, comment on other blog and drop our URL, which I also got off the video podcast, and read an industry article and just look up the related people on LinkedIn or Twitter. So then I asked just what any next steps were that I could take now that I kind of got that routine down. And then you commented and dropped me the three E's, educate, engage, entertain. Especially entertain, that's a good reminder because I know that I can get pretty serious often with the content, focusing almost too much on the content, forgetting just keep it light at times and uh, engage people that way. Anyway, really appreciate it. Keep up the good work and I look forward to future podcasts. Take care. Hey, Everett, thanks so much for joining in. And I think what, what you're referring to in terms of going back and forth was a comment you posted on our blog and a comment I posted back and a comment you posted back. Definitely an, another amazing social media way to carry on one of those back and forth conversations. Everett really has a great approach to social media and internet marketing content. He's got a regular routine. I recently met with a very successful CEO and he said he wakes up every morning 
and writes a blog post and tries to build five links to his website. And this is a CEO of a very successful internet marketing operation. And he's actually sitting down and requesting links from other sites because, of course, links from other sites makes your site more important in the search engines. So Everett's point about having a regular routine, trying to write a good Twitter tweet every day, and writing blog posts on a regular schedule is really an awesome way to discipline yourself and your organization to really get stuff done. What uh, Everett mentioned, the three E's, is something I've been quoting and you've heard it on this show, the three E's of social media, educate, entertain, and engage. So by educate, I mean teach people something. Never be selling. There's no S's in the three E's of social media. So teach me something. Link to something of value. Comment on news that's breaking in your category or your industry. Entertain. You know, put a smile on my face once in a while. Do it with a little bit of humor. Or sometimes on Twitter, I'll link to blip.fm and, and a song that I really enjoy or a funny YouTube video. And really try and let your personality shine in your social media content. And number three is engage. You should always be exactly what Everett and I just did is he engaged me on my blog. I engaged him back. He engaged me back. He took the time to call into the show. And now I'm giving him a plug for the staffing cooperative. And I'll give him a link in the show notes to the staffing cooperative. I'll let him know that we played this on the show. And then hopefully he'll blog and Twitter about it. And uh, we're sort of engaging each other back and forth and benefiting each other back and forth. Speaking of engagement, next up, Ken Loist from the World of Wine Events. Jay, hi. This is Ken Loist, L-O-Y-S-T. I was in your seminar this morning in San Diego. My website is www.worldofwineeventswithans.com. We do a big wine and food festival in San Diego, among other things. But my question is on the alternative tags in photographs, do you need to put in the underscore between each meta tag or keyword, or can you use a blank space? We use a underscore right now, and does that affect the search engines at all? So it'd be great if we could get that answer. Thanks. Hey, Ken. Thanks for joining in. I had a great time in San Diego at the uh, American Marketing Association event, and then a couple days later I spoke in Los Angeles at the Legal Marketing Association. And I hope some of you folks found out about this show from those speaking engagements. It was great to meet everyone out there and really get a feel for the internet marketing community on the West Coast. Now, when it comes to image optimization, the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words, is true for the human eye, but not for Google and the other search engines because they don't read images very well. So when you can name an alt tag of an image with keyword phrases, you're giving Google something to grab onto. So you put those keyword phrases into the alt tag. By keyword phrases, I mean the two to three phrases that you add to the copy on the page that you use in the name of the page, you use in the HTML meta tags on the page. You should also use in the alt tags on the page. Now the best practices for the alt tag, specific to your question, Ken, the best practices are not to include underscores or hyphens in alt tags. For example, a name of an image could be something like best practices for alt tags. Hopefully I answered your question, Ken. And next up, a new feature on the show. It's our second week with a Streetwise Security Zone tip from Scott Wright. Hi, this is Scott Wright with the Streetwise Security Zone's Security Tip of the Week for eBusiness on the 10 Golden Rules podcast. This week's security tip for eBusiness is check the privacy settings in your social networking accounts. LinkedIn is usually pretty safe by default. But Facebook leaves many of your potentially sensitive data fields open to people who are not your friends. You may not realize how much information from your Facebook profile can be harvested for use in identity theft attacks, including guessing your passwords or your password reset questions. Did you know that Sarah Palin's Yahoo email account password was reset by a hacker after he found almost all the answers to the password reset questions in Wikipedia? You might not be famous enough to have a Wikipedia entry yet, but you might want to check on what people can see in your Facebook profile that could be used against you. Then, set all the sensitive fields to My Friends Only within the Facebook preferences. I'm Scott Wright, the Streetwise Security Coach. Until next time, spread the word about these security tips and about the 10 Golden Rules podcast so you and your business associates can stay streetwise as you build your internet business. Hey, thanks, Scott. You're doing a great job with these tips. Next up is our blog or podcast of the week. 
One of the best-known names in the internet business just made his new book available as an audio download completely free of charge. I'm listening to this book and I'm loving it. And so this week, the 10 Golden Rules podcast of the week is... Chris Anderson's Free, The Future of a Radical Price. Anderson's the author of Long Tail, and he made his new book, Free, The Future of a Radical Price, completely free, and you could download the book on Kindle, or you could download the audiobook format on iTunes.com. So as I mentioned, I'm loving the book, and here's a little sample of Chris Anderson's Free. Finding a freemium model that works for you. There are countless variations of the freemium model, but as an example of how to pick one, consider a business software company that offers its product as an online service. Initially, it was charging all of its users from $99 to tens of thousands of dollars a year for the software, but it wanted to use free to reach more people. Here are four models it considered. The first, time limited, 30 days free, then pay. This is the Salesforce model. The upside, it's easy to do with a low risk of cannibalization. The downside, Many potential customers will be unwilling to commit enough to give the software a real test since they know that if they don't pay, they'll get no benefit after 30 days. Option 2. Feature Limited. The basic version free, more sophisticated version paid. This is the WordPress model. The upside? It's the best way to maximize reach. When customers convert to paid, they're doing it for the right reason. They understand the value of what they're paying for and are likely to be more loyal and less price sensitive. The downside? You need to create two versions of the product. If you put too many features in the free version, not enough people will convert. If you put too few, not enough will use it long enough to convert. Option 3. Seat Limited. Can be used by up to some number of people for free, but more than that is paid. This is the Intuit QuickBooks model. The upside? It's easy to implement and easy to understand. The downside? It might cannibalize the low end of the market. Option 4. Customer Type Limited. Small and young companies get it free, bigger and older companies pay. This is the model used by Microsoft's BizSpark, where companies less than three years old and under a million dollars in revenues get Microsoft's business software free. The upside? You charge companies according to their ability to pay. You get fast-growing companies early. The downside? It's a complicated and hard-to-police verification process. Knowing how the value of a customer changes over time can help you figure out what the right time for free is and when it's no longer necessary. So the interesting thing to note about this book is there's a little bit of hubbub out there in the um, internet community and people saying, oh, you know, it's free, free doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But if you really listen in, Anderson's making the point of, he's really talking about the freemium model where free brings in the customer in a trial environment. And you guys probably recognize something from the 10 golden rules that we call the UVP or a unique value proposition. And we talk about a number of variations that we've used over the years of different free incentives to engage the customers and get them trying the product or engaging them with us in some way as a first step towards a longer-term relationship and hopefully a business-based relationship. Free is really not about making things free uh, as much as introducing people in a free environment. It's kind of interesting. Actually, the book, the free download, is the entire book. And there's a shorter, abridged version of the book. It's about half as long and saves you time. Of course, time is money. So if you want to save time and get the shorter book, that one costs money. And you can purchase that on um, Audible or Amazon. But the free one's available on iTunes. So quite an interesting sort of take on things from Chris Anderson, of course. A great guy, author of The Long Tail from Wired Magazine, and uh, I highly recommend it. Next up, let's hear from the team at 10 Golden Rules. Hi, this is Mark with a warning to affiliate advertisers. Some shady tactics have recently been catching on among affiliates to generate lead volume. If you advertise through affiliate networks, now would be a good time to ramp up your tracking efforts to make sure you're receiving quality leads. Because of the high unemployment rate, people are looking very hard for jobs. Some unscrupulous affiliates are taking full advantage of this misfortune by providing job seekers with false hope in order to acquire their personal information. They are doing this by posting job listings on Craigslist and other classified ad platforms that require potential candidates to fill out offers as a test to get a job as what they call a website functionality tester, or some variation thereof. The forms they are given to fill out are in fact those of the advertiser, qualifying as a valid lead. 
Of course, this fraudulent tactic not only hurts the advertisers by forcing them to pay for false leads, it also hurts the job seeker by wasting their precious job hunting time filling out forms that will provide no benefit to them. If you are advertising through an affiliate program, dig deep into your tracking system to see how leads are being generated to ensure you're not a victim of this popular new trend. If you're looking for a job, think twice before taking any tests to become a website functionality tester. And you may want to give a listen to episode 32 of this podcast, where we provide 10 strategies for job hunting in a recession. Hi, this is Susan. Recently, a Chicago-based realty group sued a Twitter user for $50,000 for a single tweet, a tweet about her opinion about their apartments. Now, to me, I think this kind of action is pretty serious, yet the Twitter user, at Abonin, whose, whose account is no longer active, only had 20 followers. The message probably didn't go too far. The tweet, a reply to a friend, read as follows. You should just come anyway. Who said sleeping in a moldy apartment was bad for you? Horizon Realty thinks it's okay. Jeffrey Michael from Horizon Realty said in the Chicago Sun-Times, we are a sue-first, ask-questions-later kind of organization. This whole situation had gotten me thinking about the countless tweets I've made complaining about companies. I've seen other people do it, and most of them received responses from the company personally asking if there was something they could do to help. Horizon could have simply asked the Twitter user to remove the tweet before going off and suing her. I'm all about good reputation management, but I think the situation has gone a bit too far. When it comes to apartments, there is always going to be someone saying something bad, so I think the company should have handled the situation on a one-to-one -one basis. Hi everybody, this is Michael, and I want to talk today about using free press release websites. When you Google the term free press release distribution, you only get 6.4 million competing web pages. Free press release sites are a great way to enhance your overall search engine optimization. There are some things to consider when using them. For instance, when you post for free, does it get syndicated to other sites, or does it just sit on that one site with no links? At 10goldenrules.com, we use them strategically and have found many advantages to the services they provide. The positive notes are that they're free. You can push news out at zero cost. They're fast, so you can have press release live within minutes of submitting it. This creates another opportunity for you to have your information on the web. There's some negatives, though. For instance, reporting. Most of the free services have little to no reporting. Upgrades, if you want to add anything, these are going to cost you money. Advertising. These websites need to make money too, so normally they'll have an ad running beside your press release. And ranking. The search engines give priority to established newswire services. So how are you using your free press releases? Call in and let us know your experiences with this form of distribution. The answering machine number is 206-888-6606. Hi, this is Margie with a question for you all. Are blogs social media? That's what I've been wondering recently. You see, I had a discussion with Jay, who revealed he'd been told blogs are not social media. Then yesterday, I see a post by Mitch Joel, where part of the comments discussion ended up focusing on what makes a blog social media. I have to admit, it's never occurred to me that blogs are not social media. Social media sites, at their simplest, can be described as any that allow you to share, or as we are fond of saying, join the conversation. When you blog, you become part of the blogosphere, which is a community no matter how you look at it. Also, you create a profile when you blog, which often includes the same kinds of information you'd feature on Facebook or Twitter. And if Twitter, which is described as microblogging, is social media, then how are blogs not? Besides, Wikipedia says blogs are social media. Who's going to argue with that? In short, blogs are a great way to get your information out and express yourself to those you have a connection with. So for me, it's rather narrow-minded to think of blogs as outside the realm of social media. Hi, this is Michaela. Got a blog? Why not promote it with Obligit? Obligit is simply a widget which updates itself every time you write a new blog post. Widgetbox allows you to create free Obligits to put on your website, Facebook, Twitter, or MySpace profile. Obligits are useful in promoting your blog because there are visual elements that appear on other web pages. You can reach out to bloggers and trade Blidgets just like you would trade links. Other bloggers and their readers can stay up to date with your blog's content wherever the Blidget is added, and with one click they will visit your blog to read more if they're interested in what you have to say. 
Well, as usual, the team does a great job, and the live from the blog section, they cover some of the breaking news and some of the content that they're covering on the 10 Golden Rules blog. You can find that by just clicking the blog link at the top of our website at 10goldenrules.com. Well, next up is my friend Susan Bratton. She's one of the most connected people in the online world. She's a podcaster, an entrepreneur, and we walked on fire together. So I do a really good intro in the section. So let's just play audio, and here it is, Susan Bratton. So I'm thrilled to be here with Susan Bratton. She's the co-founder of Personal Life Media, Inc., a multimedia lifestyle brand providing entertaining and authentic personal content to socially conscious adults. And what that really is, is this incredible podcast network. And we're going to talk to Susan all about it. And she does one of my favorite podcasts of all podcasts. And you guys have heard me talk about it before. It's called Dishy Mix. Success Secrets from Famous Media and Internet Executives. The network does a whole bunch of other great shows as well, but that's really the one that's an internet marketing show. Susan has a really incredible background. I met her first when she was running the ad tech trade shows in a volunteer capacity, I think, and she'll tell us more about that. She's also been with Mailblocks, which was sold to AOL and Maven Networks, sold to Yahoo!, she managed a 200-plus sales team as SVP of Sales and Marketing at Excite at Home. She's been recognized twice by Ad Age magazine. She's happily married for 16 years. She's a Life Mastery graduate from Anthony Robbins University, and we're going to talk about that. She loves Burning Man, New Beauty Secrets, Global Consumer Trends, Hip-Hop Music, and we're going to talk to her about all of that. Susan, welcome to 10 Golden Rules. Mr. J, the golden man with the golden rules. How are you? I'm great. Good. You guys would laugh because between Susan and I, we should be able to figure out how to set up a digitally recorded Skype call. And we stumbled to get here, but we're here. It's amazing. I'm glad to be here. I want to start about halfway through the time that we knew each other. And I want to start in line in Orlando, Florida at an Anthony Robbins event. Here I am sort of in the middle of nowhere and I had to go see Anthony Robbins. I'd done his tapes and read his books and really had a lot of success with a personal development journey that included Anthony Robbins. And as much as anything, I went to see him as a professional speaker because I wanted to see the best. And I define best not necessarily as quality or content, but certainly in terms of name awareness, revenue, the number of people that he puts through live speaking events, I, I define Anthony Robbins as the best. So I had to go see how this guy does it. And who's the person standing exactly in front of me in line but Susan Bratton? And for me, it was an amazing experience. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how that experience was for you. And we could sort of tell the story of that weekend. Yeah, I loved it. That was my first Tony Robbins conference. I subsequently have done almost everything else that he produces. I'm a big devotee. I worked on a startup with him last year, a social media startup that did not get off the ground, but I still loved working with Tony. Oh, what a great experience. Yeah, it was really, he's a good businessman. He really knows his audience and his market. He really knows what motivates human beings. And of course, the fact that he can get three to four to five thousand people into a big room and get us all to jump up and down like maniacs and walk across fire and all kinds of things is really a testament to his capabilities. And, uh, that was a, that was a transition, a life transition moment for me going to that first unleash the power within conference. I loved it. And then I dragged my husband there and then we did all the rest of them together. And it was a really life changing for our marriage and a part of the reason why we started personal life media. And so that moment was really crystalline for me too. I want to tell the story because I want you to share as well. And maybe if you can remember back to that first one. So Tony gets these 2,000, 3,000 people in a room. And the first thing he does is he shows a huge pile of wood in the parking lot. And I'm not talking about your barbecue, your, uh, you're cooking some hot dogs fire outside. I'm talking about a massive pile of wood, like enough to build a house. And they light it on fire and you're seeing this live on video cameras. One of the things they had us do when we went out to look at the burning, blazing wood pile, because they were making the embers for later that night that we, you and I, would walk across. Uh, we were supposed to write down one thing that we wanted to get rid of in our lives and then throw that piece of paper into the fire. And I thought, oh, that's a really good thing. You're kind of facing your fears right off the bat. And then later that evening, I loved how they had the drum beats, the, you know, there was just this these beating really good rhythms, kind of breakbeatish rhythms. And everybody was saying, what were we shouting? We were chanting, 
uh, cool, cool, cool moss. moss, cool moss. And we were all walking out there together and I really had no idea whether I would be able to walk across that fire or not. But you, I think everybody has some hesitation. I remember the day and, and, you know, I guess it started in the afternoon and you see this massive pile of wood burning. Yeah. And Tony explains that we're all going to walk across this burning wood. And through the whole afternoon, he basically gives you the training to be able to get yourself into a mental state where you could do it. When you finally come to that hot coals, the red hot coals, and I, I'll tell my story first and you tell your story. I remember when I first walked up, they decided that the coals weren't quite hot enough and they had to shovel about four shovelfuls of these fresh hot burning embers from the big pile onto my personal path because there's about 10 or 20 paths of these burning embers because you're trying to get 2,000 people through it, right? So it was kind of ironic. As if my gray, red, hot burning embers weren't hot enough, they had to shovel four brand new shovelfuls of red, hot burning embers. You know, I just think it's so funny because it's like it was hot enough. You did it. Yeah. Tony talks about the Friday night and walking on fire as being the least important part of the weekend in a way because taking the first step of walking on fire is by far and away the hardest part of walking on fire. Because once you take that first step, believe you me, you're going to keep going because you want to get to the end. So taking that first step is an analogy for the weekend and taking the first step of change is walking on fire. And then you develop some really great other major significant changes in your the way you think about yourself. And so anyways, tell your story. Well, I was going to add to what you were saying, Jay. I think that's a really good point. The fact that your mind is stronger than your body, the fact that your feet don't burn up, you do not catch on fire, you do not end up with flesh wounds, you actually walk across that fire saying, cool moss, cool moss. You're focused out ahead of yourself. You never look down. It does end up feeling to your feet like moss. It kind of crinkles under your feet as you walk across these embers. And just the fact that you can get with the power of your mind and your belief, your body to do anything that you wanted to, shows you the open window to mastering your mind. And that's the window that Tony opens for you in that very first session. And to a certain extent, it's a bit of a, you know, I don't even want to say it, but it's like a parlor trick. Believe me, I walked on burning embers. Susan walked on, you know, 2,000 people around us. Oh, you've done it multiple times? I needed to have some more of that. (laughs) I did it in (laughs) L.A. too. I went with a bunch of friends and coworkers, and we all walked on fire together. I had even more fun the second time because I knew I could do it, so that stress was gone until I walked right up to the fire again, and then I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But <laughs> These yeah. are burning embers. Is it going to work again? <laughs> but I just also like to tell the final part of the story. So you get yourself totally psyched up. You get to these burning embers. You know the first step is the most important. And Tony spent the whole afternoon training you, and you've trained your mind, and you know you need to just keep walking. You can't stop. And when you get to the end, what do you have to do, Susan? Wipe your feet. You wipe your feet. And he's told you a 100 times, and we've all chanted it together, wipe your feet. And I got myself all psyched up, and I said, cool, Moss, and I took the first step, and I started walking, and I was empowered. And I swear to God, I was like an NFL linebacker. I was charging through these burning embers. And I hit the end of the line and I was in this state and these people were grabbing at me and they're screaming at me and I can't hear what they're saying. And they're screaming, wipe your feet, wipe your feet. I swear to God, I was in such a state. They basically had to tackle me and I really didn't wipe my feet properly. And I actually had a burning ember in between my toes. And when I came out of this state, I felt this burning and I flicked it off my foot. So it's really amazing how you get your body in this state. Do you still make your move? I still make my move. And that's for, you want to explain what that is? You do it. So it's part of preparing yourself is you develop something that you're going to carry with you that you can use at a future date. And you're not going to be walking on fire, uh, hopefully, in future in your life, but you are going to be overtaking big steps or you're going to be taking that big first step. So a lot of times if I have a really big speaking engagement, I'll make my move backstage and then I'll come out. I'm kind of fired up and I'm, I'm in that zone again. Definitely. I like putting your body into that state of total awareness and total ability just by doing a small move that gets you right back into that state. It's extremely powerful and focusing. So we're sort of off the topic, which is normally internet marketing. We're going to get back there, I promise everyone. But I thought this was, you know, it was certainly one of the most significant time periods and changes in my life, not just the weekend, but 
all the work I did with Robbins, and I know it was for you. So I just wanted to share with everybody that if you are looking for a really incredible way to hit that next level, Tony Robbins is one of many vehicles that can help get you there. And walking on fire is just a small part of the whole steps that really can help change your life or move you to another level in your life. And, Thanks and for sharing. In that, you should be doing something because you need to constantly push yourself to move forward in your life. Yeah, and I think we're talking, people who are listening to podcasts are, are doing that, and we definitely have a very engaged audience, and most of the people listening are Twittering and blogging and making money on the internet and whatnot. So you guys all get it, but I thought that'd be cool to share. So you said that Tony and the whole experience was part of starting Personal Life Media. So why don't you take us through how you started this incredible podcast network? Well, Tim and I, we've been married now for this coming month, 16 years, but we had a really, really rocky time in our marriage. And I went to Tony Robbins just to kind of figure out what the heck I wanted out of my life because I really, neither of us were getting what we wanted out of our relationship. And um, I went to that event and that kind of kicked off a lot of personal growth, not only for myself, but for my husband that allowed us to rekindle our marriage and make it even better. I mean, I went through the worst of times to get to the best of times. And a part of that transition was all of this personal growth. And a part of the personal growth that we went through together was the we went to a lot of relationship workshops, not Tony Robbins things, but other people who had such an impact on us and our perspectives on our relationship and how we could take it to the next level and get through the, you know, just being kind of friends living together and get back into something that was a really passionate, connected, exciting relationship. And I'd been podcasting a long time, since 2005. And I realized that these people that I had done these different workshops with, that Tim and I had done these different workshops with, they should have their own podcasts too. And I decided that I would start a podcast network with a series of shows that were co-created by me with these experts. And to this day, those people whose sessions that we took or workshops that we took are some of the top shows on our network like Chip August from Sex, Love, and Intimacy. He was one of the most extraordinary people that touched our life, and he's one of the top shows on our network. So I just gave him what I call the golden microphone. I talked Tim into starting this company with me. He was going to do a different startup. We've done eight startups between us. He was going to do something different, and I kind of, he had all these great ideas for my company. We were sitting next to each other starting businesses, and he kept giving me the best way better ideas than I had for my own company. And so I talked <laughs> him into doing it with me. And so it's been two and a half years. We've launched 40 shows. We have over a million downloads a month now. And we're moving some of our shows that are so good into subscription services. And we're launching a whole series of online information products like virtual workshops with a lot of our show hosts and with other people outside of our network selling the content, their amazing stuff directly. Because, you know, a lot of people might not travel to California to take their workshops, but they would do it in the privacy of their own home with their partner. They would do exercises. They would watch videos. They would try things together, but they might not want to do it in front of other people or they might be too busy or they want to take a longer time or one person wants it and the other one needs to be talked into it slowly or whatever it is. Yeah. And so... We're launching, and not just relationship content. I mean, one of the products we're launching is called Speak Up with Power and Influence. And it's by one of our show hosts who does a show called Sales Magic, where he does visualizations for salespeople who kind of get gutted by the work they do, and they just need to get pumped up again. And he helps them visualize their success and the next things they're going to do. Well, he's an NLP master practitioner, just like Tony Robbins. And he's really good at teaching people how to speak with power, with confidence, how to use the right phraseology, how to use power words, how to look confident, even if you're not confident. And so that's another example of a product that we're doing that's not a relationship product, but is, you know, a virtual workshop, a downloadable, fully formed content experience you can have immediately, which is what we all want now. <laughs> that's awesome. Sales magic. I hadn't found that one on your network yet, so I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, he's a lot um, of to listen to. I really believe in visualizations. I like to think through exactly what I want my outcomes to be. And once I think it through, then I can get there. But I can't unless I spend the time actually planning it out in my mind. So I really like visualizations for salespeople. That's great. Folks who listen to the show are going to love Dishy Mix if you haven't found it already because Susan interviews some of the superstars of our space. And she offered up when we were setting up this meeting 
to share her top 10 favorite interviews and the key takeaways. So, of course, 10 Golden Rules. How could I turn down a 10 list? You guys know I love 10 lists. So why don't you share with us some of the best moments from Dishymix? Well, Jay, you have me prepared. Of course I have 10 for you. <laughs> uh, the first one is Sir Ken Robinson. He wrote a book called The Element. And what he does is he helps you find the intersection of your talent and your passion. And what he opens up in his book are all of the different ways that you could have talent that aren't necessarily just that you're good at math or you're good at music. There are all these different ways you can assess yourself and your talents to try to figure out what that intersection is for your own element. Sir Ken Robinson is the most famous or one of the most famous TED Talks, right? Yeah, he's amazing. He's a beautiful speaker. It's fun to listen to. Very, very highly regarded. Okay, number two. Dacker Keltner, he wrote a book called Born to be Good, and he actually is a brain scientist. He's a psychologist at the UC Berkeley, at UC Berkeley, and what he does in the show is he explains how you can understand 30,000 years of human evolution and leverage the way we're wired to get ahead at work. It's really solid. Awesome. Another one I like is Linda Resnick. She's a billionaires, just your typical billionaires. And uh, what she's really good at is predicting winning products. And she's been behind brands like the Franklin Mint and Fiji Water and Palm Wonderful. And so she really understands how to predict what will make a winning product. And her formulas are fantastic. What were her secrets? You have to listen to the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can read her book, Ruby's th- in the... I thought you were going to give us the secrets, but no, go, go ahead. That, this is it great. It would take too long. I think what will <laughs> be great is that people can hear one that might intrigue them, and then they can just go listen to that particular episode. Perfect. You know? um, David Zatella, you might know him. He has a show on Webmaster Radio. He did the Paperclick 10-Cylinder Engine show with me. I'm an audio learner, and I love this format, and I remember sitting by the pool and listening to that show with you and David. And I remember some great tips on landing pages. So it's amazing how your mind can sort of attach the visual and the location. Yeah, exactly. I love that you were laying by the pool listening to the show. That sounds great. That's the Florida advantage that I get many, many months of pool opportunity. Well, Nolan Bushnell was also a favorite for me. And what I liked about him the most was that he's done over 20 startups And what he told me about how he chooses an executive team for his startups was the most sage advice. Um, Steve Wozniak, one of the co-founders of Apple Computer, he was an amazing person just because he's a kook and interesting. Yeah, (laughs) Woz, of course. Exactly. Marcus Buckingham, he wrote a book called The Truth About You, and it's about your career intervention. And I like what he says about how you can – get a really, really highly functional team that you work with and how you can create that highly functional team by understanding what the person's talents and strengths are and then working that out so that everyone's working at their highest level of talent instead of just their functional responsibility. I think Tyler and I listened to that show. Well, I listened to that show while I was walking my dog, Tyler. Yeah. But I remember, I remember. Okay, go. Next one. Oh, that's your visual. Gotcha. Um, yeah. <laughs> next favorite one was John Zogby. He's a pollster. He is a market researcher, and he wrote a book on the American dream, and he had this really interesting conversation. If you tell him where you shop, he can tell you what your political affiliations are, your income, all kinds of things. And so I liked how... He had segmented markets by the retail habits of the consumer. That makes a ton of sense because our brands, you know, where we shop is a lot about the way we think. Uh, number nine? Alex Boguski of Crispin Porter and Boguski. Of course. That was a great show. Yeah. I liked him telling the subservient chicken to go pluck himself, but I also like <laughs> his idea, his strategy. The whole way he runs his agency is around this process called culture jamming. And he gave us some really good examples of culture jamming that were brilliant, things that he's done with various brands. And I think I've never looked at advertising the same way after that interview. Definitely. That is a great one for people. And anyone who does anything creative, you have to understand the way Crispin Porter Brugowski goes about doing creative. And we get a great exposure to them because their office was originally in Miami. And I think he's in the second office now in Colorado. But I've seen three or four or five of the Brugowski folks speaking And then my number 10, and these aren't in any order. They were like my children. I could never pick which one was actually number one. It's just 
10 of 10 is John Battelle. John, of course, does the Web 2.0 conference. He runs Federated Media. He's a publisher at heart like I am, so we're very like-minded in our approach to business. We come out of the same world of print publishing. But what I liked about it the best was his vision of what Web 2.0 technology was going to accomplish at a global level, like how Web 2.0 was going to be applied to clean energy and to stopping war and poverty and the hairy world issues, if you will. John opened up a door for me in that way of thinking about the technologies that we're collectively creating in our community as being things that can help solve the world's problems. And sometimes when you come out of advertising and marketing, you feel a little dirty. And this was a new way for me to feel really good about the business that I'm in. That's interesting. And John, of course, wrote the book, The Search, which is a great chronicling of how Google and those major search engines came to be. So very interesting guy. Awesome. Well, thank you. So we've got a 10 list. (laughs) What's been the most fun or most sort of personally rewarding thing for you about doing personal life media? Well, the most rewarding thing for me about doing personal life media is that I get to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with my husband co-creating something that based on the emails that we get from people changes their lives. So we get to be employed. We get to give experts the golden microphone and bring their work to the world. We get to get emails from people who have had profound personal changes in their life because of the work that we're doing. And yet we're doing exactly what we know how to do, which is technology stuff and internet marketing. And so that's just a massively satisfying experience for me. I feel like I'm in one of those give to get scenarios with my business for the first time. Because prior to this, I've been in the consumer web services and online advertising and marketing world. And this feels like it's a much higher level work that I'm accomplishing with the same amount of effort, which is a lot of effort, but really feels worthwhile. That's what it's all about. Just when folks take the time to send me a little Twitter or an email and thank me for a podcast, it makes hours and hours of work worthwhile. And, and, you know, you have a business model around it, as do I, because obviously this podcast is talking about our expertise at 10 Golden Rules. The personal feedback is so valuable. So folks, call Susan, call Jay, tell them how much you love these shows. (laughs) Absolutely. I like to hear anything from anybody. I, I really appreciate all the emails that I get and the blog post comments and things. And I get paid to do what I love. I have sponsors like Isobar and AdTech and eMetrics who sponsor my show. Their ads are in my show and they let me do what I love. And they're happy with it. They feel like they're hitting that influential audience. And so I love that triple win scenario as well. And even though, as you know, it's a ton of work to do a show, I love being a talk show host. I feel like I have to mention GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar, who sponsor us, because you segued that so nicely into conversation. Yeah, you should thank them every chance you get. I use GoToWebinar and GoToMeeting all the time. We run so much of our business on that product, and they're such great internet marketers that uh, I'm really glad to hear that they sponsor your show. I think they're just a great company with super products. Well, this is awesome. Tell us how you use GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar. We actually take call-ins from users, and that becomes the commercials for the GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar service. So go ahead. You can be the product plug this time. Sure. Well, most of the time when we're doing it, like right after our interview today, I have another GoToWebinar session with one of our new information product marketers. So one of our experts, we're co-creating a product with her, and it's essentially in the children's health category. I can't tell you more yet because it's not fully created, but we're doing a lot of keyword research so that we can name the product perfectly so that we're actually naming it the solution to the problem that people have. And we'll be sharing a desktop through GoToWebinar with our expert and deciding on the product name in real time because we can show her the numbers and talk about the results all together. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's such an awesome tool. We just did a go-to webinar the other day. We had over 350 people on it, and the thing works. It's amazing. So you have a new product, and that's really what spurred me to uh, talk to you today. 
It's called Talk Show Tips. If you haven't already listened to one of her shows, when you go listen to a Dishy Mix, you won't believe how great an interviewer she is. She is incredibly well prepared, and she does a really, really great job at this podcasting stuff. So she's written a guide, and I want her to tell us all about it. Yeah, I loved writing it, Jay. It was so much fun for me. And essentially, I taught myself how to do a talk show and how to do an interview and how to promote my show using social media and how to book big-name guests. I don't have so many problems anymore, actually. I've got the way you invite people pretty much down to a science. And I share that. I literally wrote a form letter in my book. Just fill in the blanks. How to create your show flow. How to come up with really killer questions for your interview. That's something, as you know, that's difficult. When people are doing an interview show, how do they come up with the things that no one else has thought of or the things that their audience really wants to know? I have 10 easy question generator ideas that I give away for free at TalkShowTips.com because I think that's the core issue for people doing interviews. Like all the other stuff is great, but what am I going to ask them? So that's the thing I give away. I give away my 10 golden rules right up front. And then if you like everything else, you know, you'll be happy. So I teach you how to conduct an actual interview, bridges and segues and pauses and intros and outros and things like that, that I've learned over time. And I've taught the hosts on our networks. We have 40 shows and You know, a lot of them had never done any kind of show before, and they had to learn the ropes. So everything that I had collected, learned myself, and taught my hosts, I put into a book, plus a whole bunch of ideas for promoting your content on the Internet. Give us a few of those. You're great on Twitter. Why don't you talk about some of the social media stuff you've done to publicize the show? Well, one of the things that works really well for me is that I have a Facebook fan page for Dishy Mix. It's just called a page now. They don't call them fan pages anymore, but it's a place where people can fan you. And it's really good because a lot of my guests come on the show and they were willing to give me a couple of, you know, who doesn't want a personally autographed copy of The Element from Sir Ken Robinson? You know, everybody wants that. So I give away my goodies to my fans in my fan club. So if you join my fan club, you just go to dishymixfan.com. And if you want something that I'm giving away on my show, you just post your desire. And I select a few people and make sure they get the goodies. And so it's a really good way to keep a bond with your audience, to give back to them, to find a way to have a presence and more discovery on Facebook. And that's one of the things that I've done. You must know Mari Smith, the Facebook guru. I do. She does such an awesome job getting herself out there. Mari's amazing, and I got a chance to interview her on episode number 36, and she covered 10 tips for building a Facebook fan page. So if anyone wants to know how Susan does it from the goddess, the Facebook goddess, Mari Smith, check out our show's 36. Just a couple questions I ask everyone at the wrap-up of every show, and the first one is, Who are you following out there? What blogs are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Well, let's see. I follow thousands of people on Twitter because I really like a wide range of Twitter experiences. So I follow tons of people all the time. I love it. I read Chris Brogan's blog. I like that a lot. He's a social media marketer, and I do like his work and his recommendations. Yeah, Chris is amazing. Episode number 38, we got a chance to sit down with him. So if you're new to this podcast, you can go back and meet Chris Brogan. I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I listen to a lot of shows on my own network because they appeal to me. Why wouldn't they? So I've recently been enjoying everything from... Beauty Now, which is a show about biomedical innovation, longevity, anti-aging, and plastic surgery, to Buddhist Geeks, which is about Buddhism in the Western culture, to a show called Living Dialogues, which is interviews with people at the global conscious level, like Michael Beckwith from Agape and people like that. Really interesting conversations, super sophisticated conversations about global consciousness, I love a show called Just for Women. It's all about women's empowerment, and I really like that a lot. That's one of my favorites. Oh, and probably my all-time favorite is Expanded Lovemaking with Dr. Patty Taylor. That's one of our relationship shows. I love how she talks about relationships in such an open way. It's kind of like they're sexy, and it's a lot of turn-on, but it's also a lot of educational information. So I like the balance that she strikes. Yeah, I love the shows. They're such a wide range of stuff that I'm always listening to the internet marketing stuff. But personal life media gives me a little bit of a, the broadening of my horizons, Definitely. So, to, so to speak, especially that show. Uh-huh. 
Another question I ask everyone, what tools and technologies are you using for personal productivity on the internet, either for fun or for business? I've recently used a new product called TimeBridge for scheduling multiple people into a single time slot on my calendar. And I just got an email from their competitor, Tungle, T-U-N-G-L-E, and they're saying, you should use us, we're better than TimeBridge, so I'll probably check them out. I like that collaborative scheduling tool, it's very simple. I also use a product called Tweet Later Professional, Tweet Later Pro. There's a free version, but I like the pro version. It allows me to schedule Twitters in advance and have them come out when I want them to come out. So when I do a show a month in advance, I write up five or ten different Twitters about that particular episode, and then I schedule those tweets to tweet when the show airs over a course of a couple weeks after the show airs so that different people who are following me might be on Twitter at any given time might see one or the other of them. That's a great use of that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I like Tweet Later Pro a lot. So when I write up the show notes, I actually write five to ten tweets that I create in spinnable text. So Tweet Later can actually just, it randomizes them and grabs them and tweets them out over time at any duration that I've chosen. I usually do like once a week over five or 10 weeks for any single episode. So you might see five Twitters over 10 weeks or 10 Twitters over 10 weeks about a particular episode. That's a great idea because I've been doing it very randomly. I heard this question the other day. If I was only going to leave you with one technology and I was going to take away your Twitter or your cell phone, which one must you keep? I have to keep my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're one for one. Richard Binhammer, Richard Adele, has to keep his Twitter. Wow. <laughs> Susan, I thank you so much for doing this. Is there anything else that you want to cover? Anything else you want to add? Oh, well, you've been so kind to let me talk about my stuff. You know, it's all a labor of love. And I create it all with the hopes that it makes other people happy. And so it's actually really nice to have the opportunity to talk about the work that I'm doing because I do feel like I give so much out. And it's nice to be able to connect the dots between all the things that I'm doing. And so thank you for giving me the platform to talk about myself. I don't get to do that very much. I never get to do it, Jay. I'm always asking everybody about themselves. So I feel like I really got the goddess treatment. And I'm so appreciative that you did that with me. Well, you deserve it. Your stuff's great. And I knew you'd enjoy it because I about every six months I get the chance. Do you know Cliff Ravenscraft, the I, GSPN? I do. Cliff interviewed me and it was a great treat. And so many people have come to my show from Cliff's show. So you'll find a lot of traffic coming back, I hope. That's great. Thank you. Well, Susan, thank you so much for making the time. I'm sure everyone appreciated it. And I certainly did. Jay, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, Susan. That was really, really great. And uh, you guys can tell she's a multifaceted internet superstar, a podcaster, an entrepreneur, a learner, a visionary. And I look forward to seeing her probably at the next ad tech or probably at blog world. So as I was listening to that interview, I had a small inspiration and I thought, why don't I send a shout out on Twitter and ask, tell everyone that I'm recording the show live and would they like to get on the show? So Bobby Mercator sent us a note on Twitter, and he uh, sent a link to the Detroit Tweetups page on Facebook. So if you're in Detroit and you're a Twitterer, Scott Monty was in there, our friend from Ford. He's a social media manager over at Ford. Alicia Gabriel sent us a shout-out, and Chris Burge, Scam Hunter, the real Tim Jones. Uh, he's Timothy underscore Jones on Twitter. Uh, we got a couple more who just snuck in here. Peggy Duncan. Peggy's amazing. Uh, go to twitter.com slash Peggy Duncan. She's an amazing organization and social media expert. Check out Peggy Duncan. So uh, that worked really well. We'll, we'll do that again. And I, I also got one call in to our call in line, 206-888-6606. So we'll play this live. This is at Alicia Gabrielle, Headstrong Media, E-L-E-S-H-A, Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L at Headstrong Media at Internet 2009, where mobile apps show promise as credit card users are identified as having phones, as well as free content right. well, was- getting the, uh, the porn industry going more mainstream. And we wish we were at Affiliate Summit East. Have a wonderful day, and we look forward to seeing you in Florida and New York.
It's fun. So uh, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you joining in on short notice. So uh, neat show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We are going to wrap up today, as we always do with the song. And uh, I'd love to meet you in person. So check my schedule on the homepage of 10goldenrules.com. And hopefully we'll be coming to an area near you soon, or we'll be meeting up at one of the big internet marketing shows. In the next couple 10 Golden Rules podcasts, I'll share my top 10 tips for doing business on Twitter a new presentation that I wrote, and we're going to do another one of our video podcasts. And we'll meet the man behind at JetBlue. We also have a recording with the amazing Keith Ferrazzi. He calls himself the world's most networked man. And we're going to learn his tips and tricks from Never Eat Alone, his New York Times bestselling book, and his new book called Who's Got Your Back? I'd love to hear from you on our call-in line. Why don't you tell us what you're up to at 206-888-6606. And share some tips and tools for what you're using. Call anytime, 24-7. It's a completely digital system. So don't worry, you're not waking anyone up. You can call whenever you get the urge. And let's wrap it up. We've got a great song. The band's called Sing Ray. The song's called For Your Life. Have a great week, everybody. in the 12th grade Didn't know what was love we made Didn't know what could hurt so much to part Tell you when you went to learn about fame mm, When you went away I felt everything we ever had Staring out of the jet plane Still wings fly safely back to me Yeah, darling, I would gladly give my life to you Six weeks in the ground, baby Twenty-five and a half Yes, don't stop the same, darling Tell me what I'm looking for
Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line, 206-888-6606. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster.